0: Let me let us pray. Lord, may the words I say be pleasing to you and helpful to each one of us. I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> Some sections of the Old Testament make a really good read and the book of Esther is one of them. It's a tale that's really very well written and could form a good novel or a TV programme. With that in mind, I thought it time to take the approach of some TV programmes, and review the story so far. There had been a covenant relationship between God and his people, the Israelites, but the people didn't keep their side of the bargain. They turned away from God, and eventually they were punished by being sent into exile. After about 80 years in exile, some returned to Jerusalem ...and first restored the city walls and then the city. But not everyone went back. It wasn't easy work around Jerusalem... ...and many people decided to stay in exile... ...where they had developed a new and easier life. So as we see from today's reading of Esther... ...the Jewish people were in the 127 provinces... ...of the Persian Empire, from India in the east to Ethiopia. The Jews were dispersed over a large area. That's similar to to today in many ways. There are Jewish people in Jerusalem and Israel, and also in countries all around the world. But what other parallels may we find between then and now? I wonder. Well, Harmon was upset his feelings had been hurt because Mordecai refused to acknowledge him. and plotted, So he plotted Mordecai's execution to the point of having built some gallows. 50 cubits, that's something like 75 feet high for the execution. His hatred of Mordecai was so strong that not only had he plotted to have a, a date set for the execution of Mordecai, but for the killing of all the Jews in the provinces of the king. That seems a bit extreme, I think, but the king had approved the killing and we must remember that the approval could not be rescinded. Others have tried to execute every Jew. Hitler and Haman seem to have a lot in common. The modern word for it is genocide, That's the entire elimination of a race of people. And there are other examples of man's inhumanity to man in recent history. Bosnia and Rwanda are examples. Almost 20 years ago, a group of people from this church visited Murumbi, in Rwanda, where between fifty and 60,000 people had been murdered. These people were members of a successful minority ethnic group or they were educated and members of the other group. Human remains were there, on display, left for all to see so there could be no denial of what had happened. And I assure you, it was truly horrific. But what about Esther and Heyman's intended genocide In the 127 provinces. Rabbi Mir Soloveitchik, writing in the New York Times the 8th of March 2020, stated, Esther is the first biblical figure, male or female, to engage in statesmanship. Previous heroes, Moses and Elijah, Samuel and Deborah, are prophets who are guided and guarded by the divine. But Esther operates on instinct, reflecting a mastery of real politic. Well, as a Christian, I have to respond to that by saying that Esther was using gifts given to her by God. I see no other way for an apparently inexperienced woman to do what she did. Also, I think I must add that even though the book of Esther doesn't actually mention God, he's there with his persecuted people. He would be in, in, in control of the situation. He would be with Esther in what she was planning. So it was the second day of Esther's feast for the king and Haman. It seems that the wine was flowing freely when the king asked, asked her what a petition was. Well, she didn't come out with it straight away. A response to say that if she had been sold as a slave, that would be okay. But the plan was to kill her and her people, and she asked that they all be spared. The king surely knew of his own role in the planned genocide, but he didn't admit it. He said he got very angry when Esther told him that Haman was the foe and enemy. While the king was in the palace gardens recovering his composure, Haman pleaded with Esther for his own life. Now, he must have got too close to her because the king found him in what he thought was a compromising position on his return. Arbona, who was in attendance on the king, seems to have suggested that the gallows prepared, prepared for Mordecai, those 75 feet high gallows, could be used to execute Harmon. And that was what happened. I think harboner must have hated Heyman, who was in charge of most things and most people there. Perhaps modern-day managers could learn from Harman if they do, that if they don't treat people well, there will be no loyalty from their staff. I suppose that many of us have worked for someone who is best described as a bully. I have and was never sure of the motivation but think the person concerned was insecure. And perhaps how Haman fe- that is how Haman felt. Well, with Haman executed, there was still the problem of the edict that Jews were to be killed. And we already know that an edict approved by the king could not be revoked. Esther needed to influence the king in some way, so she fell before the king in tears. She requested that the order be revoked, but it couldn't be, so not another order that superseded it was required. Esther had been given Haman's house by the king, and Mordecai was with her. He had the seal that previously Haman had used, and they had permission from the king to issue a new edict and seal it with the ring that had been given to them but what were there to do? The edict couldn't cancel the earlier one. That may have seemed the neatest solution, but it just couldn't be done. What was needed was a new and more powerful edict, one that would in some way make the earlier one unworkable. The edict that was issued by Mordecai allowed the Jews to defend themselves. In effect, they were allowed to take whatever measures were necessary to defend themselves and so prevent their killing. The edict was written in languages local to where it was going. Remember, it spread over a wide area from Egypt to Ethiopia. There could be no ambiguity. So fast horses and expert horsemen were used to distribute the edict in all 127 provinces written in the language of the province it was going to. It seemed that the edict did what was intended. It created something of a stalemate and it saved many lives. I feel a bit uneasy about people pretending to be Jews because we're told that that was what happened. Some of them were so afraid of the Jews that they pretended to join them. As a Christian, if I was persecuted, I like to hope that i think I like to think that I would not abandon my faith, but people there seem to be joining the Jews. Perhaps faith, not fear, is what we need to have uh, and it may have been unnerving that M- mordecai also I find it unnerving that Mordecai was wearing royal robes. Could he be another Haman? I sincerely hope not. God isn't mentioned in Esther, as we all know. But the more I read of the book, the more convinced I am that he is present in every line. God was with Esther, giving her courage and guiding her in her actions. In the same way, he is with us when we do his work, for like Esther, he has given each of us gifts to use in his service. We need the courage displayed by Esther and perhaps some of her statementship as we tell the, tell the story of Jesus in our parish and beyond. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we do your work in this parish, in this time of lockdown and beyond, And indeed, as Emmanuel does his work in his parish in Rwanda. We pray that you will be with each each one of us doing the work you've set before us. Lord, bring us out of this time of fear and COVID, we pray. Deliver us from the problems we have. May the vaccines serve to do their work here and around the world. Help us, each one of us, as the lockdown eases, to be willing and able to spread your message of the good news among those we meet. In Jesus' name, amen.